And when I was a producer, I just started creating shows. Chopped was one of those shows. So we had this whole concept of door to four in 60 seconds. Our goal from the jump has been to create kind of a new travel essential. It actually began with a disgruntled, feisty 10-year-old chihuahua. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about small businesses, entrepreneurs, and the intellectual property that makes them flourish. You've just heard some delicious tidbits from our upcoming show. Yeah, sprinkles on the parfait, as our producer would say. So stay tuned. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our super special guest tonight is Dave Knoll, a TV show creator and executive producer who created the TV show Chopped. We also have three amazing presenters. I mean, I love these people's products, but I love these people too. And I tell people, if you want to see what we all look like, go to our YouTube channel because we always get the best looking people on this show. Right. But anyway. She wants you to look at her. I mean, no, I no, no, it... please do not. COVID has not been kind to me. <laughs> <laughs> so our first presenter is Josh Goodman. If you have ever stood at the bar waiting for the bartender to notice you, oh, he's got the solution. So for I've you. got that problem, but you usually get pretty quick service. Well, I can get a little aggressive when I'm not getting my wine. But anyway, yeah. we'll let him tell you all about it. And then we have Ariel. Crawford and Evan Boyd. And this is sci-fi stuff. This is so cool. I mean, I'm a fashionista. This is like sci-fi fashion. Yeah, we have some special questions for them too. (laughs) Yes. And then our third presenter is Louis Torres. And if you like dogs, this is all about dogs, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to let him explain it, but I think it's pretty cool. So looking forward to the surprise, but before we go there, it's time for IP in the news. And so what's on the board today? Well, on the trademark front, okay. Can you do the Tarzan yell? <laughs> That's an odd <laughs> question, but I'll give it a try. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, Was that his cousin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. But Tarzan of the Apes was written by Edgar Rice Burroughs. I don't know decades, maybe a century ago. And he actually, when he did that, he registered a trademark for the Tarzan yell. The mark is a yell consisting of a series of approximately 10 sounds alternating between the chest and falsetto registers of the voice. That was very prescient because that yell has been used. Now you said he trademarked it. It was prescient? He was looking forward. Oh, I learned something today. That's why I come to this show, but please go on. So you were saying that it was in a specific category though, right? Yeah, only for toys. So the fact that I Tarzan yelled does not mean that we're going to get sued. So we've discussed on this show before how it's kind of amazing the range of things that you can get trademarks on. So sounds is definitely one of them. And you can get trademarks on smells. Yes. And colors. And colors. And your service mark, your logo, all that stuff. Right. So now to IP in the news. All right. Chewy versus IPM. I love Chewy. I just got two Chewy boxes this morning and I was asking our dog person, Louie, how he liked Chewy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they're having a patent fight right now, Chewy and IBM. So Richard. Yes. It is common knowledge that a patent expires 20 years after its filing date. Right. In this case, the patent was filed in 1993. Shouldn't it have expired in 2013? That is a trick question. 
Why? Because you don't know? No, it's because in 1993, a patent expired 17 years after the date the patent office issued the patent, as opposed to the current law, where the patent expires 20 years after the filing date. Okay, but it was filed in 93. When did it issue then? It issued in 2006. How did that happen? Well, there's ways you can drag things out at the patent office. So the application is valid until 2023 <laughs> and not 2013 as one would expect. So if IBM has had this patent for all this time, why well, because is it doing this now? Why is it doing it now? Well, back in 1993, People used to file what are called submarine patents. And so they would keep them secret at the patent office by dragging out the proceedings and they would wait for a competitor to develop technology that would infringe the patent. Then just like a submarine, the patent would surface, it would get granted and they would fire a torpedo in the way of an infringement suit. So that's why they call them submarine patents. The legislation passed in 2001 has since made that a lot harder to do, but there are still a few tricks up the patent person's sleeve. You used to be able to much more easily keep a patent secret and then just zap somebody with it when they brought their product. To yeah, which everybody agreed was unfair, but as long as it was legal, there are a lot of people who did it. So. But now it's not so quite nice. So now you're a lot safer. Yeah. So how in the world do you know all this stuff? Well, uh, fortunes <laughs> of a misspent youth. And I used to roll with a lot of patent gangs and, uh, <laughs> and uh, midnight basketball got me out of it. So I'm, I'm <laughs> well, here today to tell the you, tale. If you have a patent issue or trademark or copyright, you don't need to know all that stuff. You just need to know him. So anyway. <laughs> so on to our special guest this evening, a man who Emmy Magazine says is a TV mastermind. And he really is. Dave Knowles is a two-time Emmy Award winner, a two-time Gracie Award winner, and has won the coveted James Beard Award for our best television series, Chopped. And besides Chopped, Dave has also produced 50 other television shows. So besides not sleeping at night, Dave, how did you do all of this? Yeah, how did you get Chopped? My daughter and I used to watch every single episode of that. I don't sleep at night, but that's because I have three kids. Um, <laughs> when I started out at MTV Networks and I worked my way up from intern to production assistant, all the way up to producer. And when I was a producer, I just started creating shows. We were at MTV Networks working at MTV or VH1, producing a bunch of shows. And it was a great, amazing job interviewing famous people, flying around the world. It really was a fantastic job. At that point, I was 26, 27 years old. But for some crazy reason, I was the person who just kept saying, hey, what about this show? What about this show? What about this show? And my boss at the time, the legendary Bill Brand, was incredibly nice. And at one point, pulled me aside and said, hey, what you're doing is fantastic, but just so you know, it's really not the way it's done. You're an internal producer, and what really is supposed to happen is we take ideas from the outside. And he was like, you might do very well if you left MTV Networks and were pitching shows from outside the network. And of course, at first you think, wait, is he, is he firing? Is he trying to get rid of me? <laughs> is that what's happening? Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, I went home and talked to my wife and did it and uh, kind of took the leap and started pitching to places like MTV, VH1, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon. And that's 
basically what I've been doing now for, I guess, almost 20 years. And so Chopped was one of those shows. Uh, the woman I now create shows with, so since 2007, I've been creating and selling and producing shows with Cleve Keller, who I call the Mozart of unscripted television creation. She just has this amazing mind for creating shows and this amazing energy. And so the two of us have been creating together. The first show we sold was in 2003, and we've been creating together exclusively since 2007. So do you come up with all the ideas yourself or do you take ideas that other people bring to you? We never take ideas because from other people just simply because we create so much. We're doing it literally constantly. We were on the phone this morning, I think starting at about 8.30. My guess is between say 8.30 and 11 o'clock, we had talked about four or five different shows, just new ideas, things that have never seen the light of day, just working them, reworking them. Because it's not only about the show itself and the beats of the show, but it's also about how to sell that show. I mean, that's really almost the, the most important thing, right? Because we're walking into a buyer, essentially asking for at the very least a development deal or a pilot. But what we're really asking for is 10 episodes or in the case of one of our game shows or one of uh, our syndicated shows, you know, you're looking at a first season that might be 65 episodes or it might be 170 episodes. So you're asking for something pretty uh, substantial. And so you better have a great pitch. You better have an amazing hook, a great line, something that they can really grab onto uh, and fall in love with as much as we are in love with it. So how do you decide which ideas are the ones that you'll pitch and what factors go into doing that evaluation? It's a ton of research. So we are constantly reading Hollywood Reporter Variety, Deadline, et cetera, et cetera. But then talking to each one of these various buyers saying essentially, how can we help you? What can we create that will fill a hole in your schedule? What would be, you know, we say all the time, what would be the one thing that you're looking for? What's the type of show? If there's another show out there, uh, what show do you watch and you wish that it was yours? And the interesting thing is when you're selling a television show, you're not really just selling that show to that network or that streaming service. You're not really just selling a show to Netflix or HGTV or Food Network. You're selling also a show to that person because you're looking for the champion on the inside, that person who's going to, as I say, fall in love with it as much as you, and then really usher it all the way through until that moment where you're on the air and keep everything in line. And so you're also pitching a specific person. You're, you're literally saying... What's the show that, you know, Elizabeth, what's the show that you want more than anything else that you are going to fall in love with, that you're going to go into every board meeting and say, this is the show that's going to change our future. In the industry, is somebody putting their career on the line when they take that champion role? Or is it just kind of understood that some are going to fly and some are? It's always understood that basically we found this out 17, 18 years ago. We went and we asked people, network executives, production company executives of every X number of shows that gets on the air, you know, how many shows do you need before you get a hit? And back then, and I would say it's probably the same thing now, is essentially one out of eight. So there's so much content and there's so many shows and there's so many shots on goal. But you know that this is an industry where most things are going to fail. So that said, the way we treat it is 
they are risking their jobs, really, because you want that much love. You want them to march into the room and go, I'll stake my job on this show. This is going to be the one out of eight or the one out of 10 or whatever it is. This show is going to make our network. Kenya, did you have to do that with Passage to Profit? <laughs> no, actually, it was a hit right from the gate. So we were and no one was doing anything like it on the radio. So, you know, that's where we had the advantage. Right. So I think to back to what you were saying in terms of creativity, like just finding that niche and finding something that works super well and that hasn't been done that way. To have something that's never been done and yet is incredibly comfortable with audiences. So I'm not sure exactly how you pitched this show, but to have any idea where you have an immediate frame of reference, I mean, we call it a one click. So there's an immediate frame of reference, 90%, 95% of what is going to happen, people immediately understand. And then one thing that's out of the box. So it's funny right now, we're looking at Louie here on the Zoom, and Louie has this sign behind him. Louie's going to present an amazing product later. I don't know what the product is, by the way, so who knows. But he's in front of a sign that says, think outside the box. And I'm, I'm laughing because what we say is don't think outside the box, only because we've heard so many ideas over the years that are so out there that no executive could ever get behind it because it's just too complicated. They, they need to get the sales team and the marketing team and the programming team. So what we like to say is think just outside the box. You don't want to be in the box because in the box, every idea HGTV gets is exactly like every other, you know, they've, they've heard every version of house hunters, right? But on the other hand, you don't want to think outside the box. There's this kind of grand, you know, like, oh, I'm going to come up with the next insane thing that's going to blow people's mind. And this is different. And this is, and that we've pitched, tried to pitch those, those never sell. <laughs> But if well, you have a frame of reference on a show and then you come up with one thing that everyone can really hold on to, and this is landmark, this has never been done, that's usually uh, something that might sell. Having worked in a corporation at one point, it's tough to stick your neck out too far for something that's really so different that nobody knows what to do with it, right? And it's, it's tough to explain. That's the other thing we're constantly looking for is that line, that something. I was at a party once and it was right when Game of Thrones started. And uh, it was an acquaintance of mine. And she was like one of the first people who watched it. And she said, oh my gosh, Game of Thrones is amazing. And she was talking to this guy who had no idea what it was, literally no idea. So he was like, what is, you know, Game of Thrones. It sounds crazy. What is it? And she said, it's like Lord of the Rings, but it's on HBO. And he said, wait, so it has sex and violence? And she's like, yeah, it has sex and violence. She's like, it's HBO. So he's like, sex? And she said, yeah, like sex. And he said, like violence? She's like, like violence. And I was like, well, there it is right there. There is the immediate frame of reference. You go, okay, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings. I like Lord of the Rings. I watched all three of those movies. They were giant hits. But it's on HBO. And that immediately, like all of a sudden your brain goes, oh, I get it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And that's a great way to just start out, right? Because it's so easy then to get more viewers. There's a giant frame of reference and then you go from there. Or The Sopranos, right? You know, it's a mafia story, but it's a family drama. And that had never, never, ever been done. We all knew of 
the Godfather movies. We, we all loved Goodfellas, one of the greatest movies of all time, I think. But Sopranos was doing something different. It was set in those same worlds, but this is the family drama version. Again, you have that frame of reference, but one thing that's different. Well, can I ask you a question about Chopped? We love you can that ask show. A thousand questions. <laughs> I love that. Show. Um, it is one of my very favorite shows. Yeah, it, it was amazing, like the format and the speedy and all that. But you had to have it speedy for TV because otherwise, people, you know, you're not going to watch a cake bake for two hours. Right? <laughs> Although the big show before us that was a cooking competition, was called Iron Chef. It was originally done in another country and then they brought it here to the United States and it was on the Food Network and the repeats of the version from Japan did really well. So the Food Network executives knew that cooking competition you know, did well. But we were the first people to say what is now so obvious, which is let's get it moving. And so our show was the very first show that had three competitions in the hour. And so essentially the pitch <laughs> was, I mean, there, there was a lot involved in this pitch, um, but uh, essentially the pitch was it's Iron Chef meets the show Eliminate. The other people on this Zoom are too young to know the show Eliminate, but it was a trashy dating show where one woman would go on a date with four guys and she would eliminate one right at the heart of every commercial break. So oh, who's she going to eliminate next? And then it was again, trashy television where she would eliminate this guy, this guy, this guy. And then there would be one left. Then they jumped into the jacuzzi together. And, and that was that. <laughs> so It was essentially so the chopped pitch was essentially think iron chef meets eliminate. And obviously they had never heard that before. No one had ever done it before. Now, every cooking competition, not everyone, but almost every cooking competition has three competitions in the hour. At that point in time in 2007, when we pitched the show, no one was doing that. We have to take a break now, but we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. Our special guest, Dave Null. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest tonight, Dave Null. We are on to our Power Move segment. And Kenya, tell us who's on Power Move today. Because it is Women's History Month, I thought we would find a woman who's making history currently. Her name is Pippa Lamb. She is an angel investor, and she was actually one of the first women who invested in Clubhouse. 
Clubhouse, they thought it was either going to die out by July or it was going to thrive. And it's thriving above and beyond. They can ask or think it's worth about five billion dollars right now. So I just wanted to highlight her today as one of the women who is making moves to invest in the tech of the future. Who thought a little app with people talking would just go crazy and everybody's on it now. So five billion dollars, five billion. That's pretty quick money. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. But you still have to have an iPhone and you have to be invited. So if you can get invited to Clubhouse now with an iPhone and start your house, then you're going to be really well positioned because once they open it up to Android and everybody else, then everybody's going to have something. So if you could start building now, you're in a lot better shape, right? For sure. It was invite only back in December, like early, early this year. And then now it's kind of opened up a lot more. So it's easier to get an invite than it once was, but they just opened up recently the ability to apply for an actual clubhouse. So if you've been trying to get a clubhouse and you haven't been approved in the last few months, they opened up that window the other day. So it's a lot easier for you to get approved. There was all these credentials before, like you had to host a house for a long time. It was all this stuff, but now it's a little easier to get a house. So now's the time to jump on the clubhouse bandwagon and make it work for yourself. We were at one of our staff meetings earlier this week and we were talking about clubhouse and one of the older attorneys said, well, isn't that just like being on a speakerphone? So, I, <laughs> so kind of with a little picture. Yeah. So no, but it's a great tool and uh, we've been on a few clubhouse presentations. So it's promising to be a lot of fun. And uh, it is, it's really interesting. I listen to it when I'm too tired to do anything else. And then also if I'm walking and passage to profit is going to have, you're going to have your clubhouse. Yes. We're going to start it as soon as Richard gets on. So he, we had to find another iPhone because we both have droids right now, but we had an old iPhone sitting around. So he's got to get his iPhone back activated and then I've invited him. So he's just got to accept it. And then we're like full steam ahead. I'm in the club. (laughs) You're in the club. So we're going to start with joke night. I think we're just going to have people call in and tell jokes. And that'll be the whole program. And probably Friday night around seven or eight ish. Yeah. What's your favorite alcohol, joke? Everybody alcohol gets, is optional, but uh, nothing offensive. Yeah, nothing Everybody offensive. gets to come up to the stage. No dumb blonde jokes because I'm blonde. No lawyer jokes. <laughs> no, but well, maybe a few. Congratulations to Pippa Ann. That is awesome. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know about this, I started Fireside Directory about a year ago. What I do is. And right now I'm generating the content, but I'm hoping that pretty soon the content will just come. But I interview small to medium-sized business owners and I put them on my YouTube channel on my website. It's called Fireside Directory. The website is fireside.directory. When I started, it was a little more out of the box than it is now because I started right before COVID. But because Dave is here, it's actually in the box. (laughs) Well, it's closer (laughs) to the box now. I wanted to interview people in our studio up here in Summit, New Jersey, in front of a camera and a microphone and everything. And of course, that all ended. And I was just going to start with lawyers in the Northeast. And then COVID hit and everything went to Zoom. It actually helped Fireside because people are so comfortable on Zoom now and they don't even know that you're recording them. So it really is just like a Fireside chat where well, I just talk to people about their business. But you do tell them that you're recording them, right? Well, that's the whole point. Right. But anyway. Fireside Directory is a great idea if you're an entrepreneur and you want to promote your business. It cuts down on your networking time. People get to know you as a person and get to know your business and that way there's either a connection or there's not. So it really saves time for people who are searching for a professional, real estate agent, attorney, physician, whomever. 
and uh, business coaches, a lot of business coaches. A lot of Thank business you. Coaches. So I'm in phase one now, which is content creation and collection. So I'm trying to partner with people now in 2021, everybody's doing these little videos, right? So I don't need to do them all myself. I just want to agglomerate them on the site. So my vision for this is it's a cross between the yellow pages and Wikipedia for small business by video. I do want to make it huge. I feel like it's closer to the box than it was before because now everybody's doing videos and everybody's on Zoom. So I've got, I don't know, 150 videos or something now, but I love talking to the business owners because everybody is fascinating and they all do things differently. So phase one is content. Phase two is marketing. So once I get some proof of concept, then I'm going to approach investors, but I'm not there yet. I have to get enough content on the site so that when people come to look at it, there's something to see. Right? Something to see. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really a, a great place and you'll hear some great stories and some learn about some fantastic businesses. So, so now we are on to our first presenter. And who would that be? So Josh Goodman, never wait at the bar behind a clump of people again. Hey, Josh, tell us what you have. So yeah, just a little bit about uh, pour my beer and what we're doing and how we do it. Really, we were built out of the idea that when you go to a bar or restaurant, you're typically waiting 20, 30 minutes to get what you went there for. So we have this whole concept of door to pour in 60 seconds. So you walk in the bar, you get a you get an RFID card or wristband, and you're basically your own bartender for the evening. So you can pour an ounce or two of a cocktail that you want to try or a wine or, or beer, and you're getting charged by the ounce or by the tenth of an ounce. So at the end of the night, whatever you've poured is what you're going to get charged for. So how did this idea come up? It sounds like it was born from frustration. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm the most impatient person, but uh, I was doing Easy Pass before Easy Pass was a thing. You know, just I, I, I don't like lines. But yeah, that's it, it, I was out with a bunch of friends and it, it was an awful experience. And I thought to myself, I'm not the only one having an awful experience because of the inefficiencies, but the owners are losing money. And yeah. so... I saw it as a dual problem that I could solve if I could just figure out how to connect the dots. So the idea behind the product, though, is that you have multiple taps along a wall, right? And then somebody can just step up to the, put their credit card in, pull the tap that they want for the beer or the drink or whatever it is that they're buying, and they don't have to wait in line. You're also doing some social distancing, too. You can come work for me. You just nailed all of our points there, um, if you'd like to. <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole idea well, is I'll patent it for you. I, you <laughs> might drink all the product. <laughs> yeah, well, let's try this one. Let's I, try I, this one. I'm a dangerous person to put in a bar. But yeah, I, I mean, you you summed it up pretty pretty accurately. I mean, the the goal is that you have anywhere from say 20 to you know some of our locations have 200 taps, and you can walk in and everything is clearly marked on the screens. The screens are interactive, so when you put your card there, it would say you know, hey Dave or hey Louie or you know, hey, Elizabeth, and it would tell you how to use the product. And then while you're pouring, it's showing you your responsibility limit going down and your ounces going up as well as how much you've spent. So throughout the entire experience, you have full transparency to what's going on on the screen. And at the end of the night, you get a little receipt and you can have it texted to you that says exactly what you had that evening. Wow. Does it cut you off if you're drinking too much? Wait, you know, it's a machine, but I wanted to make it have a personality. <laughs> so when you do hit your limit, it's going to say something like, hey, beautiful, uh, you've reached the point in the evening where one of our staff needs to reauthorize your card or, you know, and we can make that message customizable. So Dave, you must have a comment here. What are your thoughts on this? Project? I got to say, I absolutely love this and I love it for so many reasons. The whole door to pour in 60 seconds is unbelievable. That's the kind of magic. You don't need a great title if you have an amazing tagline 
or the best is to have both or a one sentence description of what your product is. But the magic of the phrase door to pour in 60 seconds is like, that's something where every show we pitch, we're reaching and striving for that type of magic. It solves a problem. It's like, yes, who wouldn't want door to, I don't care what you're pouring. I would like it in 60 seconds. And what's cool is knowing about your product and your process. I believe the first version of this was in like 2008, you said, is that what it was? It was a version of self-service, but not where it was on an actual physical wall. I mean, what's amazing is, and again, I hear this time and time again, all these different successful products is, is you learn so much from failure and people are so afraid of failing. I wanna either hug them or strangle them because every great product, every great brand came mostly from failure usually, right? But the fact that you just stuck it out and failed and failed and failed again with a smile on your face and kept going to the point where you get to the magic of door to pour in 60 seconds, it could be 200 taps on a wall. That's amazing. And that, that encouragement that I would give to anyone out there who's looking to create anything that is wildly successful. You know, you look at a bar and you're like, well, how could I possibly make that experience any better, right? Bars have been around forever. You could actually create an experience to make bars better, faster, using the technology of today and using a couple great phrases, a couple uh, great ideas put together. And that's really what every entrepreneur is striving for every single moment of every day. Yeah. So Josh, you're going to have to come back on the show and I want to hear how this goes and I want to check it out. So I, when we can go in New York, which hopefully will be in a couple months, we're going to go where this exists. So. Just a quick update. We did close a series A round with Coca-Cola European partners. Um, they, right. they took a stake in our company in September. So we're, we're definitely going in the right direction when the largest beverage company in the world says we want a piece of that. I am so excited about this. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun when it's everywhere. So you are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Dave Knoll. Stay tuned. We have much more coming up. And if you missed anything, we've had some great content so far. Our podcast comes out tomorrow. You can see all these gorgeous looking people on our YouTube channel. We always get really good people on the show. We do. And you can see the pictures that they've sent us to cut into the video. So Passage to Profit show on YouTube, please subscribe. That really helps us and it'll help promote the show. And we will be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, Contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. 
Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest tonight, Dave Null, who has just been a wealth of so many different types of information. So make sure you catch the show if you're just tuning in now. He's really interesting to talk to. He's fun. So for our next presenter, Ariel Crawford and Evan Boyd. And this is sci-fi stuff. This is so cool. From the Bio Romper Company. Tell us about your product. We're very curious. So BioRomper is a full body jumpsuit that provides style, comfort, and peace of mind for travelers. So it's made from a recycled fabric that's treated with a silver ion-based antimicrobial finish, which we can talk a little bit more about. But basically our goal with BioRomper is to plot a bold new course for the future of travel wear. Um, we like to call it our super suit, and it's designed to blend fashion and function for people on the move, whether you know, they're simply headed across town on public transit or, or ride share or hopping on an airplane. So the inspiration for BioRomper came back in the spring summer of last year when myself and, and two of our other co-founders saw images of, you know, hyper-cautious travelers wearing full-blown hazmat suits uh, at the airport to board airplanes <laughs> during the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, these pictures kind of immediately sparked two lines of thinking. One, how could we create something, you know, more practical than a hazmat suit for, for concerned travelers, something that retains some of those functional benefits of kind of a coverall garment, you know, while still being aesthetically appealing. And two, that initial spark of inspiration kind of ballooned into this larger realization that there's very little innovation in the travel wear space. You know, traveling is so often icky, uncomfortable. It requires a lot of exposure to people and shared surfaces. And for the most part, you know, people typically just reach for crews and sweats and leggings, which check the comfort box, but, you know, aren't really explicitly designed for the travel experience. So our goal from the jump has been to create kind of a new travel essential, just like neck pillows or roller bags, you know, kind of the, the perfect slip on garment for when you're on the move and, and want to feel comfortable, look stylish and, and have some added peace of mind. So can you describe what it looks like? You said it's a jumpsuit. Any other details? Yeah, sure. Ariel, do you want to kind of describe the garment and, and maybe a little bit about the design process? Sure. Yeah. Uh, the guys from Loeb reached out to me in early pandemic to help design this product. I've been in the fashion space for a long time, specifically in sustainable fashion. And so the first thing that I thought when they came to me and something that I had realized was becoming, uh, you know, sort of the second pandemic is the single use plastic space. Um, and so, especially given that the pandemic, as far as we know, is a result of environmental destruction, to me, it seemed ludicrous to put something else out there that was made out of either virgin plastic or was going to be single use. And so I set to work with really scrupulous detail in, in making something that was truly sustainable and protective. And so the garment is unisex. Uh, and so it really can span the space of, I, I really think it's attractive on anyone. And that was part of my design process was what can look good during the pandemic, but also afterwards, because we don't want to feel unsexy on top of being in a pandemic. I'm assuming that it's black. And it's one piece down to your ankles and your wrists and up to your neck, your throat. Is that right? Correct. Full coverage. It, it includes a hood. It has elasticated edges at the wrists and at the ankles, a draw cord waist. It comes in black. And then we've just launched a new color called Aviator Green. Wow. So it's kind of hearkening to your grandfather's flight suit. But another tagline of ours is not your grandfather's flight suit, given that it's really modernized <laughs> this technology. I love that. So Dave. I think it looks amazing. I've been looking at it online as you were talking. Does it keep you warm? Because I'm always cold on airplanes. 
Um, and I have been a bit of a germaphobe, although my wife would be laughing hard by hearing me say a bit. Um, and that was even pre-pandemic. So how does it help me stay safe on an airplane, which I always assumed got me sick every single time I went on an airplane? You know, I think there's a couple elements that help you have that added peace of mind. One, it's a coverall garment. So it's something that you can easily slip on over more comfortable clothes and kind of keep as your dedicated, I'm wearing this when I'm going to be exposed or have to, you know, sit on public surfaces and so on and so forth. So there's that, that physical barrier component. And then additionally, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's treated with what's called a silver ion antimicrobial agent. So Silver ions are kind of a well-documented antimicrobial. They suppress the growth of, you know, bacteria, fungi, even some viruses um, that kind of come into contact with the textile. So all of our fabric is dipped in a bath at the mill where it's cut that contains a silver ion treatment. It's skin safe. It's actually pretty environmentally unfriendly. And through some testing that we've ran to kind of validate the efficacy of the treatment, we've proved that it can reduce, you know, certain strains of staph and pneumonia up to 99.99% compared to a, you know, uh, control sample where the same pathogens were still, you know, 50%, there were still 50% um, left on the garment after the same time period. So those two kinds of things in concert are what are meant to kind of appeal to the germaphobe who's looking at this thing. Fantastic product. And where can our listeners find you? At bioromper.com. And uh, you should also follow our Instagram at bioromper. Okay. We can buy them there and you have all the sizes and everything. That's correct. And, and like Ariel said, um, the green version is launched hopefully tomorrow on the website so you can go ahead and check that out as well awesome. i like the green i like the green i wore the green last week that's that's my favorite great well richard can have green i'm gonna take black so there you go, go. I want the black. it's beautiful I know, yeah, you, you can yeah. have the green you look you have green eyes you look better in green <laughs> well, we'll settle this fight later, we'll settle this fight later. <laughs> and, but in the meantime you're listening to passage to profit on wor 710 iheart radio richard and elizabeth gerhardt will be right back after this there's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With our special guest, Dave Knoll. We are on to our final presenter, Louis Torres with UnleashedConsulting.com. Welcome, Louis. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure so far learning from everybody's stories and hearing their journeys. As far as mine, it actually began with a lot of people with problem dogs, a disgruntled, uh, feisty 10-year-old chihuahua. <laughs> okay. And uh, my story 
is before I created Unleash Marketing, I had a very successful marketing agency. I have a background in sales from my Wall Street days to my recruitment consultant days. And when I had an opportunity to learn about dog training, again, to establish a relationship with this angry little fella, I saw a huge opportunity in the market. And there was two things that I saw, particularly in this market. I saw a lack of information and a lack of opportunities for these people that have a way with dogs and a way to communicate with them and teach other people how to communicate with their dog. The third thing that I did see in the market as well was with millennials, where it's kind of like, you know, before you get married, before you get the house, the first thing that you do in your relationship now is you get a dog, <laughs> you know, that before be the kid. And, and it's all my friends have done it, you know, colleagues, people that I went to school with. The first step is you get a dog to make sure that you're a good fit, right? So now we kind of look at our dogs as a part of our family. It's a little different than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And when you want your animal to become part of your family, there's a relationship that you need to build. So we send our kids away to go to school, right? Kind of. Some parents send them away. Some, you know, <laughs> it's for their benefit. <laughs> but, you know, when, it, when your kid goes to school, they learn how to be socialized. They learn how to raise their hand before they speak. They learn manners, right? So if we want our dogs to be a part of our families, we should be doing the same thing. So it's, you know, I had my experience it was uh, definitely an eye-opener. And with my business background, I saw a huge opportunity. I decided to rebrand my business, fire all my old clients, and go all in on Unleashed Consulting. And here's the crazy part. When I went all in, literally about a year ago, right before the pandemic hits. <laughs> so it was a little scary when I decided to go all in and now, uh, you know, uh, I'm dipping into my savings, you know, for our business. So wow. your business is actually marketing for dog trainers, right? So as a marketing person, you really narrowed it down to a very specific niche, but a huge niche. I mean, there's a ton of dog trainers out there and dog owners, right? Yeah, exactly. My previous marketing agency, I helped restaurants, accountants, big gyms, salons, all types of different franchises to the small mom and pop shops grow their businesses, scale to seven and eight figures with a lot of the marketing strategies that I have accumulated over the last five years of owning Kingsley Media. And I saw the opportunity in the pet industry. And just like you said, they just didn't know how to market. They didn't know how to get the information out there. And when they get their information out there, are they reaching their ideal audience? Who is the ideal audience? 80% of households in the United States have a dog. That's your market, almost everybody. <laughs> wow. It's so funny because our son and his fiance have two dogs. Right. And their wedding invitation has them with their two dogs. I'm sure one of them's going to be the ring bearer or one's going to be the flower girl. <laughs> we haven't asked that question. Probably yet, be but. at the wedding, yes. Right. So, so it's really true, but dogs absolutely have to be trained and finding a good dog trainer, I think there might have Okay. Dave, was there a TV show about this before? It's interesting because uh, what I have just noticed and what Cleve has noticed, Cleve is the person I create shows with, is just the amazing transformation in the last couple of years with when you go to a Target or a Walmart, how the pet aisle used to be, you know, a third of an aisle or whatever. And now that it's like five aisles long, there's pet food, pet products, pet toys. And I actually think it hasn't even reached peak dog yet. Like, I feel <laughs> like you're totally right. And there's this attitude now where the dog really is the first step. You are absolutely correct. And I have talked to so many people 
where they're out of their minds trying to train the dog in the first couple months. And I think, you know, even though uh, you were saying it happened during COVID, it might even be the best thing for you because so many people, as they were sitting home during COVID, went out to get the dog. Um, and I, I can completely imagine that all of the dog trainers out there have no idea at all how to reach people on Instagram or LinkedIn or anything. So I think it's fascinating. And if we spent as much time training couples as we did our dogs, maybe things would be better off too. I don't know. Well, I'm guilty. I got a cat during COVID. So, <laughs> so if I'm a dog trainer, a local dog trainer, and all of a sudden I'm looking around and the market is growing and growing and growing, and I want to say, hey, I'm here. What are you offering them? Originally, my bread and butter was Facebook ads. And when people think the term Facebook ads, they get all sorts of different ideas. I use Facebook ads when we work in their audience and that's where they hang out, right? You want to go where your people are hanging out. And that's where we initially started. But the Facebook ad for me is really the tip of the iceberg. It's just to get a click. I won't bore you guys with the technical aspects of digital marketing, but I run them through a sales funnel with my technology, which includes email aut automations, text automations, you know, the whole play that's going to create an opportunity. Right. So when we talk about marketing, there's brand, there's uh, lead generation, there's so many different things that we can talk about. But for me, I like to sum it up in one word. And I think, Dave, you mentioned this earlier, opportunity. That's really all it is. Once the opportunity is created, which can be a phone call, it can be an email opt in. Now it's in the hands of sales. Right. So marketing did its job. Some people get confused with marketing spilling over sales. It's actually incorrect. As soon as marketing does its job and gives you the opportunity, now it's sales turn to go ahead and complete the transaction. So we offer pretty much the Google side of things, the Facebook side, and it's all paid social is really what we focus on. We don't do any organic. Organic is great, but the system that we created is all about getting quick results because that's the world we live in now. Everyone wants instant gratification. So we had to adopt, <laughs> wow. but that's what we offer. And then in addition to the marketing, what really makes us different was I had to figure out what, what I can do to keep retention because marketing is great. And I can give business owners opportunities in this niche or any niche really. But what it comes down to is that small businesses and medium-sized businesses don't have a sales process that they've tested and fine-tuned and they practice. So what I've done is I've taken my background and from my Wall Street days and from a recruitment consultant and owning a recruitment consulting business and helping these business owners understand sales. And I've created a program. So when they purchase my marketing, they also get access to my sales course where they get to understand how to guide that person, how to nurture them and how to close them on that opportunity, especially in this niche. It's so massive because these people are animal people. They're introverted. They don't really like to interact with humans and they have to learn how to do that and have to learn how to understand their needs and if they can solve a problem in the first place. And if they can do that, then there's no reason why they shouldn't buy their product or service. I guess people in the dog business prefer dogs to people, right? I mean, they do. that sounds a little counterintuitive, but you're probably right. It sounds like you have a very powerful, well thought out program going. And you're right. Sales is so different from marketing and people lump them both together and they really are different beasts or different pieces of the puzzle, shall we say. So mm -hmm. are you working with people across the country now? Are you just in the U.S. or, or how far is your reach? 
We are over 100 trainers nationwide. We're in Australia, Canada, and the UK as well. So we work with trainers that do in-home training that don't have a facility, kind of hustling and grinding and doing the local mom and pop thing to franchises that have locations all over the country and have facilities and staffs of 20 to 30 people. So Dave, what do you tell your clients about the sales process? As we were talking about at the beginning of the show, the whole idea of thinking just outside the box. This is a brilliant example of it in that we've all heard about people who are going to help you with your marketing, whether it's mostly, you know, real estate agents, doctors, gyms, all of these things. Every, everyone needs help with their marketing now because it's so hard to get a leg up. But what did you do? You because of personal experience, because of some thought inside your head, found a niche just outside the box that, you know, there's the box of all these marketers that are out there to help people. But I had never personally heard of one before that was going to focus specifically on dog trainers. And that's the perfect just outside the box example. Yeah. And a lot of marketing people tell you who's your target audience, focus in, just go after these people. And this is the probably first marketing person I've met who actually really did that. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like a narrow niche. And there's so many marketing companies out there. I think this is brilliant. I assume you like dogs too, right, Lewis? Dog dad, that's me. So I wanted to, (laughs) just because Dave brought it up earlier, I wanted to bring this up. So when I imagine having my kid one day, I imagine going to the toy store and getting to play with all the toys that I grew up playing with and kind of being a kid again, right? So I don't have my child yet, but I did go to Target and I saw this little guy and it's a Nerf gun that I can shoot these tennis balls out and my dog can play fetch brilliant (laughs) so i'm the dog dad now i i'm on my my puppy that i'm raising now uh she's a four-month-old blue healer uh my 14 year old now chihuahua is uh you know not the biggest fan but they're starting to get along a little bit but yeah no it just getting into this space has been amazing it's a space that has had no guidance and no direction when it comes to marketing or sales or growing their business they've been neglected by marketing agencies And once I had the opportunity to get the training and to get my quote from my trainer of how expensive it was, that's when I realized that there's a massive opportunity. Well, and I really hope that you can reach all dog owners because every dog needs training. Congratulations to you and congratulations for taking the plunge. It's tough, but hey, you did it. So you are listening to Passage to Profit, the inventor show on WOR 710 with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Dave Knoll. If you missed any of the show, It's on our YouTube channel and you can see everybody and it will be a podcast tomorrow. And we have had amazing content, amazing companies. Dave Knoll is so fun to talk to. So please go see the rest of the show. We'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application, 
organization that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. It's been such a fantastic show. We've had fantastic guests. And before we leave, I'd like to ask Dave, do you have any parting thoughts for our audience? What a great show it's been. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This is a very cool show. And we've had three very cool products today. One of the things when I talk to either college students or people who are just starting off or anyone who's just starting off as an entrepreneur, it's create the Venn diagram of what makes you, you. So, you know, what is it that you're really passionate about? Uh, What makes you money? Obviously that is so important. And, you know, people have these big dreams, but at the end of the day, it's like, look, there needs to be money involved or else it's not going to last very long. But then also what makes you memorable? And it is very interesting today. There's so many good examples. Josh called it out right away. The whole door to pour in 60 seconds, that line is going to stick with me forever. And every time I'm in a bar now that doesn't have taps on the wall, I'm going to think, oh, shoot, I could be drinking right now if Josh (laughs) figured this out for me. And I should go somewhere else that Josh has blessed with his genius. BioRomper is so original and interesting. I guarantee I'll be on a plane and think, oh, I wish I had the romper right now because, you know, I'll be with my mask and my gloves or whatever other germaphobe thing I'm using. But really, don't just think what's going to make me money, but also think what's going to make me memorable. There's so much content out there. There's so many billboards. There's so many ads. There's so much that flash in front of us constantly. What about your idea, your show, your product is so memorable that people are someone out there and you need a bunch of people who are going to pay is going to remember it. If you want to connect with Dave Knoll, you can find him on LinkedIn. His name is really easy. Dave as in D-A-V-E Dave and Noel, N-O-L-L. You'll see by his LinkedIn profile what an amazing person he is. And then if you want to find Kenya Gibson and talk about maybe some digital marketing through iHeart. Absolutely. And we've been using the digital marketing team at iHeart for a long time and they will just blow your mind. They've got it all down and they do a fantastic job. So that's Kenya Gibson with a P at iHeartMedia.com. And she can help you with any radio needs or digital marketing needs through iHeart. And if you want to get your beer and wine without waiting for a waiter, it's PourMyBeer.com with Josh Goodman. And who doesn't, right? I I am going to look for a restaurant that has this the next time we go into New York. Does anybody actually enjoy waiting for their drink? Standing up in a crowd and like, ah. And if you want to combine the fashion with future and cleanliness, bioromper.com, Ariel Crawford and Evan Boyd. What a cool product. And Ariel's a fashion designer, so you know it looks good and feels good. Check out their website. It's really awesome. And finally, we had Louis Torres with unleashedconsulting.com. This is very cool. It's marketing 
for people who are dog trainers and it's hard to find a dog trainer. So if you're a dog trainer suddenly showing up all over social media because you've been using Louie's program, then you're going to be way ahead of the competition. And so that about does it for us this evening on Passage to Profit. We want to thank our listeners and keep those cards and letters and emails and follows and likes coming in. And on behalf of the iHeart organization and Passage to Profit, we'd like to thank Noah Fleischman, our fantastic producer, Alicia Morrissey, who is our program coordinator, and Angela Wolf, our video editor. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also tune in to our YouTube channel. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt signing off for Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR 710, the voice of New York.